well, our mission statement is we're in business uh, to save our home planet. And that's our North Star. Um, that's Corley Kenna, Director of Global Communications and Public Relations at Patagonia. At the end of the day, um, we are an outdoor apparel brand, but we're an activist company and we're a company full of environmentalists. I think it's possible to be both and, um, and we make really great products and hopefully we uh, help uh, solve for some pretty serious environmental challenges as well. Patagonia is anything but a typical apparel company. It was founded more than 40 years ago by Yvonne Chouinard. He's 81 now, but in the 1950s and 60s, he was among the world's most prolific mountain climbers. Um, when he started, he had taught himself how to be a blacksmith and he was making climbing equipment. And when he started uh, the company and making that climbing equipment, he realized that that equipment was damaging the places that he was um, building that equipment to go explore. Chenard's earliest company manufactured pythons, which are steel spikes that are driven into a mountain as an anchor to help you climb up. When he discovered they were causing cracks and damage, he stopped selling them even though they were responsible for 70% of his company's revenue. Instead, he invented and patented a much safer alternative, and he committed his company to advocacy for these sorts of new tools along with a new style of climbing called clean climbing. And so we had to change everything. I had to create a whole new model for um, how to, what kind of equipment he was going to make. And, um, but he did that, and it was the right thing to do. And I think that sort of ethos stays with us today. Today, we're looking at authentic purpose and the many ways that a company like Patagonia expresses it, from its products and its policies to its public advocacy. We'll also hear about Time to Vote, an important initiative that Patagonia is helping to lead to help employees across the country vote in U.S. elections. I'm Elliot Mizrahi, and this is the new CCO. In 2016, um, you know, a lot of people were really shocked, us included, by the outcome of the presidential election. And... Black Friday, which is the busiest shopping day of the year, followed soon after, and we weren't really sure like what we should be doing. And there were a lot of ideas going around the company. None really felt right. And remember, election day, Black Friday, like not a ton of time in between. And um, somebody, uh, a more junior member of the marketing team was like, hey, you know what? Every day we give away 1%. Why don't we give away 100% on Black Friday? Why don't we just give it away to the planet and like let that be our Black Friday thing? And everybody immediately. You fired like, her. You fired her immediately. <laughs> <laughs> we were blown away. We were like, holy cow, that's the best idea we've ever heard. It's so much better than all this other stuff we've been considering. The next day, we were like, okay, let's put an ad in the Times. Let's tell these reporters. Let's, you know, let's have this program that came together super quick. And we we had the financial projections. We thought it was going to be like a two or maybe three million dollar day. It was a ten million dollar day. And I remembered that Friday um, being with friends and family and getting the reports and like, oh my goodness. Four million, five million, <laughs> and um, and yeah, it was it was a ten million dollar day, and and that was great for the groups that we were supporting. It also it turns out it was really great for us. I'm not trying to be political here, but it's not hard to imagine that a company like Patagonia and the Trump administration would be on a collision course. That was certainly the case when Trump signed his tax cut bill into law in 2017. The year was coming to a close, and. Um, 
we realize that as a result of the uh, what we think were really irresponsible tax cuts, that we were going to see a larger return and that it was the planet that needed that donation. And so we made a $10 million donation to um, the grassroots environmental groups that we support in addition to the 1% that we do every day. Um, and we made that decision pretty quickly. I kind of, I remember the day when <laughs> our CEO um, told me, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this. Um, can you think about how we might talk about that? <laughs> And I said, oh my goodness, wow, yeah, okay, okay. And um, she wrote a a piece, like a a short op-ed about that decision and I shared it around. And, you know, that was one of the bigger moments we had, Um, but it was a really interesting kind of intersection of us calling out this corporate tax cut, which we felt we didn't need, but that our planet needed. Um, We weren't trying to be necessarily political about it. There wasn't something about being um, liberal in, in that decision, but it was saying, hey, there's a lot of problems and climate change is our most pressing problem. And so we should, um, we should take this money and give it to these groups who are solving for it. Earlier this year, the Trump administration dramatically reduced the number of US waterways that get federal protection under the Clean Water Act. Though the move was supported by farmers, builders, and mining companies, and was intended to give more state control over these policies, It was opposed by the environmental community and even some of the EPA's own scientists. This rollback puts our waterways at risk and is um, and should be met with uh, with some opposition. And and it is. And um, we built this whole platform called ActionWorks, Patagonia ActionWorks, which you can find on our website. And it's our way of connecting um, our customers and people who hear about us um, to the grassroots environmental nonprofits that we support. And so when that rollback happened last week, um, there's you can go to our website, you can send a comment to the EPA, you can support Waterkeeper, which is one of our grantees. But um, yeah, it takes it to a whole different level when we're out there talking about the issues that matter to them and connecting our really big community to them. Um, yeah, <laughs> guess what? It turns out it's really important to care about your community and the planet. And if we want to have a planet worth living on, this is something that we all need to take really seriously. And and not just as a marketing campaign, not just as a communications tactic, but really think about your supply chain, um, the products and services you provide as a company, and how they affect the workers that make them and the planet um, yeah, the, 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 the resources they draw from. Because um, the, the current system is, is not sustainable. We, we know that, like all the evidence is there. For Corley, this isn't just her job. It's deeply personal. My father is an environmental act- activist, um, like would pull over on the side of the road with me and my friends and have us pick up trash. Like it was super embarrassing, but that was how like we would go on road trips. Um, and my mother is very political and without a doubt, she is uh, where I get my passion for politics. So um, so my father said something that's really stuck uh, with me, which is, Climate change is only political if you think the facts are debatable. 
And I think he's exactly right. Um, there's nothing political about the fact that we are going through a climate crisis. And there is some confusion from some. And unfortunately, I think this has been uh, worsened by um, by the media and certainly by some politicians around, the, around climate science. And... Um, that you know that was actually bad pr um from oil and gas companies who were trying very deliberately to confuse people about what was going on with climate change and trying to offer a different point of view and that's happening in australia right now and like that's crazy and it is our job um i think to to clarify hey there is no confusion the science is very sound 99.9 whatever it is percent of scientists agree that humans are causing climate change um none of that i think is actually all that political um i think that's just like being really clear about the facts and what's going on i think one of the ways that you can take politics out of some of these conversations is to approach them really locally and so talk to farmers in the midwest about what they're seeing um with their crops um talk to uh explorers talk to uh some of our ambassadors who um, go on these wild adventures all over the world and how they're seeing the effects of climate change firsthand these are rock climbers mountaineers um who are seeing very up close the effects of climate change so i think there are different ways to approach the issue that can take the politics out of it and is important to do but let me also say, I think it's really important that we start calling out these climate deniers. And um, maybe some will see that as really political, but I think it's really important that if you're calling, if you're denying climate change and by denying, you're either saying it's not happening or you're doing nothing about it, you are a climate denier and you shouldn't be able to keep your job so far as I'm concerned. Um, we wouldn't allow CEOs who deny certain big major problems there for them to keep their job if they did that. So we shouldn't allow politicians to keep their job if they're not doing anything about climate change. Patagonia is out front on environmental issues in a way that few other companies are. But the bent towards activism, towards serving society is deeply rooted in the company's DNA. While that can take a lot of forms, they're always conscious about putting the act in activism. Um, I think this is another place where Patagonia is pretty different than um, than other companies. It's really rare that we ever talk about an issue and we don't offer a way for people to respond. So our, our CEO, uh, Rose Marcario, made a decision in 2016 to shut down our stores, our headquarters, and our distribution center on election day. She didn't want anybody to have any excuse for why they couldn't vote. And our CEO said, we're going to shut down. She sent an email out to everybody. <laughs> and, um, and I think we did make, I think we might have made some uh, signage. Obviously, we're, we have stores in a lot of different states. And uh, we wanted our community to know they couldn't come shop with us on Election Day. So there was some communication around it, but it wasn't, was not a big campaign. And 
she uh, got such great feedback. So many of my colleagues um, called and emailed her and told her how important that was. And if she hadn't shut down, they would have had to have made a choice um, or they wouldn't have been able to vote um, between school and childcare and work and all of the other demands on our time. Um, they wouldn't have been able to vote. And so um, she decided for 2018 that we would shut down again. And this time, uh, she wrote a piece on LinkedIn talking about that 2016 decision and why we were going to do it again in 2018 and, in, and inviting other companies to join us. And that was the birth of Time to Vote. Um, rather unexpected <laughs> um, movement came out of a really great piece on LinkedIn. And um, right away, we started hearing from other companies saying, we'd, we'd like to consider doing something to support our employees in voting. Uh, and Rose and I started reaching out to a lot of people that we knew at other companies to see if they might be interested. And um, this was over the summer of 2018. And, um, you know, we had a goal, like, maybe we'll convince 20 people to come join us and maybe 50. Um, by election day, um, those were midterm elections in 2018, um, we had over 400 companies that had joined our, our movement, our really um, organic, um, intentional movement to help increase voter participation in our elections. And the premise is really simple. No worker should have to choose between earning a paycheck and voting. And we think CEOs have a really special role in helping to ensure that people vote and feel empowered and inspired to vote. And that's what it's about. It's also a nonpartisan movement. Um, and I think this is really important. And it's one of the um, outcomes that I wasn't really expecting, but that, you know, we live in, no matter what your politics are, there's no question that these are polarizing times and there's a lot of things happening. There was definitely some skepticism. I remember when I was first pitching this story to reporters in 2018 and people would say, oh, come on. I know where Patagonia stands on the um, on various issues and this is a really just a liberal thing and you're trying and um, and it's not true I mean this is a very very special lane that we're in and it is for the business community and it's like a very very clear purpose with making sure people don't have to choose um, between working a pay earning a paycheck and voting there is no shortage of go vote messages around um, in early November, <laughs> late October. But when it's when your CEO says, hey, Corley, make sure you vote, make sure you have time to vote like that's That comes at me in a different way than any other campaign or brand telling me to vote or whatever it is. And um and so in an interesting way, our very nonpartisan movement really does rise above politics. And, um, and I think that's, that's meaningful and important. So for Time to Vote, we, we do rely a lot on relationships. Um, and so, for instance, at Patagonia, um, my colleagues who work in our wholesale 
uh, team help recruit other business partners to Patagonia. And that's been a great way to grow our movement. But we also rely on networks and groups that we're a part of. And um, I remember in 2018 when the Page Society offered to host a call um, for us so that we could talk about Time to Vote. Several of um, the Time to Vote companies are um, the CEOs are members of Page Society. Um, and I remember this call really well because I was on vacation with friends. And um, and I remember telling my friends, I have to go inside and do this call. And it was super worth it because coming out of that call, we had a number of CCOs who were interested in um, signing their companies up. And um, it also uh, made me realize that this particular program was very well suited for CCOs because it doesn't this issue doesn't sit just within the government affairs team or public affairs team it's not just for legal it's not just for HR it's not a marketing program and the CCO often has a really strong relationship with the CEO and can sit across um, a lot of these other functions or at least have good collaboration with those other functions and so time to vote is um i think really comes to life because of the ccos that help recruit this their ceo to be a part of it and then help us communicate what we're all about thankfully it seems uh everyone is waking up to the need uh to provide more than just a good product or a good service we actually all need to be doing more to make um our community stronger and our planet better. Um, And that's on all of us. It really doesn't matter what kind of company you're in. It's on all of us, just as we, we should all strive to be better and more responsible citizens, we should all strive to be better business people and corporate citizens. Um, and I think CCOs um, hopefully uh, are <laughs> in good positions to help guide companies on, on purpose um, because they're aware of what's happening in the, in the larger news environment. Um, hopefully we read beyond the business pages. We know what's going on um, with a host of issues facing our local and global communities. And, um, and, and should be and should feel really good about sharing that kind of information with our leadership teams. I think it's a really important um, part of our job is to stay on top of these issues. And that, that, that's not like following the horse race in politics, but you know, understanding what's going on in other countries. What are the forces at play? Um, what's going on with our planet? What's happening in our education system? What's happening in our healthcare system? Because all of those things contribute um, to the, the world that we live in, and we should have a grasp on, on what's at stake there. Um, David Brower, and we, we cite this a lot at Patagonia, there is no business on a dead planet. Like that should be a part of how we think about things. And then I think the other, it's really important to be self-reflective in this, that, um, you know, I think we at Patagonia can get away with the really vocal environmental activism that, that we offer because we are doing everything we can to clean up our own act and um but we couldn't do it if we made products irresponsibly and um and so i think if you're going to take on an issue like healthcare, make sure your company offers great healthcare benefits because um employees are savvy and they have a really loud and important voice and they will call you out um 
and uh, and so even if you are able to get by media or NGO groups, like your employees know what's up and they'll call you out. So really important to kind of take stock on on who you are as a company and what you offer. I think there's like no more, there's never been a more fascinating time to be in this business and there's no shortage of threats right now. <laughs> um, and there's, there's a lot to be done. And I, you know, I think our ActionWorks platform is allowing us to manage multiple campaigns in a way that we didn't have that ability before it was launched. And that's been really helpful. Um, as we have become um, louder and more intentional with our activism, our business has benefited. And that means that we are writing more checks. We are giving more to these nonprofits. We're a part of something called 1% for the Planet. So 1% of sales from our products go to these nonprofits. And um, so as our, our as our business grows, so does our our activism. And as it turns out, activism is really good for business. If your company would be interested in joining Time to Vote, you can find more information at maketimetovote.org.